Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. لقد جاءكم رسول من أنفسكم عزيز عليه ما عنتم حريص عليكم بالمؤمنين رؤوف الرحيم فإن تولوا فقل حسبي الله لا إله إلا هو عليه توكلت وهو رب العرش العظيم We begin with the praises of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most kind, the most merciful, the benevolent we send peace, salutation, the choicest of salawat upon our noble master, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma fasalli wa sallim wa an'im wa barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. <coughs> Respected ulama, seniors, brothers, friends, sisters in Islam. We have come off the backdrop of the nation's budget speech which leaves us in bewilderment. It doesn't paint a very bright picture. The state of the country's coffers, the state of the fiscus, and the state of the economy makes for very bleak reading. And I thought this an opportune moment for you and I to perhaps re-examine and revisit the directives, the instructions, and the injunctions of our deen when it comes to the matters of money. Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made our deen and our sharia a very sophisticated mechanism. Sometimes far more sophisticated than we give it due and that we give it credit for. If we reflect for one moment, on the one hand, you and I have a firm conviction and it is a fundamental part of our aqidah, our belief, and our creed that Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the ultimate raziq and Allah is razzaq. In Allah huwa razzaq dhul quwwatil mateen. You and I have absolutely not an iota of doubt that the ultimate provider of every level of sustenance is Allah. وَمَا مِن دَابَّةٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ إِلَّا عَلَى اللَّهِ رِزْقُهَا Quran declares that there is not a living creature on the face of this earth except that Allah has taken responsibility for his sustenance. We bring a firm conviction that every morsel that you and I consume, Allah provides and Allah sustains us with that. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam in the hadith makes mention 
that there is not a fish in the ocean which swims except that which living creature will consume that fish the name of that creature is written on the back of that fish in the hadith it is mentioned that there is not one living animal on the face of this earth that which animal will consume that animal which human will consume that animal the name of that human being is written on the back of that animal we bring a firm conviction that whatever we earn it is not due to our own acumen our own intelligence our own experience wallahu nahnu qassamna baynahum ma'ishatahum fil hayatid dunya that allah declares that it is us not you that has distributed your risk and your sustenance in the life of this world we bring a firm conviction that whoever enjoys superiority of wealth it is not on their own accord wallahu faddala ba'dakum ala ba'din fi ar-rizq allah says that it is us who has given superiority of risk and sustenance to some of you over others wealth luxury prosperity is not by choice just as poverty is not a choice wama tadri nafsun mada taksibu ghada allah says that what do you know do you know what you will earn tomorrow that today you walk with a pomp with the arrogance and the pride but what do you know tomorrow that same morning you walking into the office to sign the declaration of your retrenchment what guarantee do you have so on one hand brothers and sisters we have an absolute conviction that allah is raziq but in that same token our deen does not teach us to have negligence with regard to our wealth financial intelligence and financial literacy is an integral part of our deen open the quran and you will see that barely has a topic being discussed in such detail than matters of money barely يا ايها الذين امنوا اذا تداينتم بدين الى اجل the longest verse in the quran is declared to what to interdealings of money after death you seekum allah fi auladikum quran declares that when you deal with each other then be acute in how you document your debt and the credit between the two of you lengthy detail the matters of inheritance no injunction of our deen has been so explicitly mentioned in quran than the explicitness with which the matter of inheritance has been dealt with the matter of sadaqat and charity no other no other injunction of our deen has been given such attention in quran when mentioning the merits and virtue of it 
Those who spend in the cause of Allah. Those who spend in the cause of Allah. And then Quran goes on in Surah Baqarah to detail the virtues and the rewards of this. The etiquettes of giving sadaqah. Quran goes on over and over to declare the merits of it. But the point that I want to make, brothers and friends, is that when it comes to all of these matters, Quran teaches us in particular that when it comes to expenditure and budget, you need to reflect very carefully. It is a height of foolishness that one passes through the life of this world with this attitude, thinking that Allah is raziq and Allah will continue to provide and I can be foolish in the way that I spend my money. And Allah will continue to provide. This is directly against the injunction of our deen. Quran is limited, it is restricted, and it has guided even our own expenditure. It has guided our expenditure. What did Quran declare? That listen, when it comes to your money, before I make this point, you know, even on the matter of charity and sadaqah, even in that matter, despite how much virtue is mentioned, even their Quran gives a limit to it. That give, 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 but don't reach that point when Don't be miserly. Don't take the wrong message. That you know the Sheikh said that we mustn't give sadaqah and we're going out of the masjid and we don't put money in the box. Quran is saying They don't, it uses a metaphor. They don't put your hand to your neck that you strangle yourself. What does it imply? That you are so stingy that you don't spend. But also, Don't extend your hand in charity to this extent that you give everything away. You know, sometimes a person, like we say in Urdu, Gujarat, a person reaches, he's in a josh. Just give everything away. And then what happens? Quran says, you will sit there regretful and in destitute. So even in the good matters, Quran has given restriction in expenditure. When it comes to our own expenses, that look, you need to spend. Who do you need to spend on? How do you need to spend? These two verses highlight that. Those who are entitled, including yourself, your close relatives, you should spend on them. That begins from who? From your wife. You know, the first person when it comes to expenditure, and you know, at the end of the month, things are not looking good, waiting for the next salary. The first person to get the blame is who? Our wives. You know, you're spending too much, swiping the car too much. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam in the hadith said, the more you spend on your wife, the more that will become a cause of barakah and blessing in your life. So those who are entitled, spend on them. Beginning with your wife, your family, your children. Many a time we also feel that when we want to spend, then the further we spend, the greater the reward. 
Yet the principle is the opposite. When we want to spend, the first recipients of our benefits should be our closest relatives. But our attitude is who? What's our attitude? Why should I spend on him? He's so lazy. Do you know what his family done to me? We have a host of excuses why we don't spend on our closest relatives. Yet, the greatest reward lies there. So Quran is emphatic. Spend on the poor. Spend on the travelers. If they are in dire straits in hardship. But, Don't squander your wealth like a spendthrift. Just swiping the card like crazy. You know, as much as, as much as technology has made spending, paying easy. But with all of that, with all of that, comes the down, comes, comes the ill benefit on non-controlled expenditure. The ease of swiping the card, you'll bail me out on this, you know, if you walk into a shop and you swipe for 10,000 rand, you swiped it. But if you had to pay 10,000 cash and you see it physically going, 10,000, there's a vast difference between the two. Don't squander your wealth like a spendthrift. That those who spend their wealth, they are the brothers of shaitan, Quran said. That they squander it. You know, easy come, easy go. Don't worry, just go, Allah will give. That's not the attitude. In this day and age that you and I are living, along with the greatest fitna, along with the greatest trials and tribulations, along with the fitna of secularism, along with the fitna of atheism, along with the fitna of modernism, is the fitna of consumerism. That we just consume. We become like shopping machines. Forgive me. It's the reality. The fitna of consumerism. That just the need for want. A person, you know, they don't call it January and February for no reason. Why? We're still recovering from the effects of December. The holiday that was beyond the budget. Anybody went for a holiday and stayed within their budget? Impossible. You can set a budget, it will never happen. February, we're still feeling the ramifications of it. Somebody comes, Sheikh, you know, I've got such a... Make dua. Salary is not enough. How much are you earning? It's in the hundreds of thousands. Yet, it's not enough to get by for the month. Yet, it's not enough. Allah forgive us and Allah forbid. This is males and females, all of us. The consumerist attitude that we just buy, we just want, the need for want. They say, American statistics showed that in 2018, just on watches, shoes, and other luxuries, the budget of the average American household, all of this culminated to $100 billion. $100 billion. 40%. Of everything that is bought to consume in America goes to waste. The equivalent of $164 billion. The leaders of the world, the leaders in technology and consumerism, 
You know, this week, Allah forbid, and Allah save us. One supposed leading designer dies. And what happens? You know, the Twitterati, the Instagrammers, the influencers are all in a big hoo-ha. You know, the design icon of the last 30 years, 40 years has died. Fashion, modern fashion, what's going to happen? We celebrating Allah forgive those who don't know Allah save us. Those who are, Allah forgive us. Why? Because the ummah at the same time, we have no concern of the ummah around globally what is happening to them. But yet one kafir who contributed what to the world? Who contributed gender fluidity. You know what's gender fluid? We no longer know whether we're male or female. This is the new call. Recently in Australia last year, we had one parent, a father, who applied for his son's passport. And he refused to fill in the gender. That I, this was a boy child, a male child born. Yet he refused. He said that it's not my choice to declare the gender of my child. He refused to fill in the gender. When my child turns 18, he will determine what his gender is. He lost the case. This is what has been given. The outcome of consumerism and modernism and secularism is that the world no longer knows whether they're even male and female. And this is the tip of the iceberg. So my respected brothers and sisters, Quran gives us clear declaration that watch how you're spending your money. Because what happens when you spend uncontrollably, then it leads to debt and to credit. Our Sharia does not necessarily condone or condemn credit or debt. It's circumstantial. Out of necessity, somebody takes a debt either out of necessity to put a roof over his head or to buy a car to fulfill a darura. Sharia allows this. But in the same token, if this is done, in the same token, if it is done for growth, a person goes into debt, but he's doing it for financial growth, then there's legitimacy and permissibility. But if somebody falls into debt to keep up with the Joneses, that Sharia doesn't have any room for. Because we can afford the installments does not mean we can afford it. Islamic financial institution or not, if you can afford the installments, does not mean that you can afford to purchase and buy it or own it. Sometimes we get approved, I can afford it, to pay the installments for the next 20 years. What a deception and a fallacy. So our dean, respected brothers and friends, we fall into debt. The outcome of consumerism, we fall into debt and credit. Then what do we do? We play with the creditors. One year, one day, phone, you know, somebody phones us, the creditor phones us, you're owing for the last 90 days. And what's our, his money, his entitlement. What's our response? How dare. You know, we are doing business with them for the last 30 years. Don't they have any? We're doing business, our grandfathers were doing business. How dare they pick up the phone? Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam said, Matalul ghaniyi dhulmun. The person who can afford to pay their debt and the creditor.
and they delay payment, this is oppression and it is dhulm. That doesn't go anywhere. Then we fall into interest. Time is up. I'll end in the minutes. And then we fall into interest. And then what happens? We come to the imam. I say, you know, no, no. Interest. We want to interpret the ayat. No, no. Interest is not forbidden. Quran said, Adhaafa mudaafa. Until it is not multiplied, then it's not forbidden. I'm only paying 14% interest. How is it forbidden? Quran says, Adhaafa mudaafa. Unless it's 100% interest, then it's forbidden. Otherwise, it's not. But all of this is the result and the consequence of what? Of not knowing and having financial literacy of our deen. I'll leave with this hadith. Sayyidina Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas radiallahu anhu. He was on his deathbed. He was about to die. He asked Nabi alayhi salat. Eventually he recovered. He was a very wealthy person. A sahabi of Nabi alayhi salam. He said, Ya Rasulullah What should I leave for my heirs? What shall I leave for my heirs? Must I leave them quarter of my wealth, half of my wealth, a third of my wealth? You know, not the attitude, Nabi Sallallahu replied, not the attitude that after you're dead, Allah will look after them. Oh Sa'ad, that, O oh, Sa'ad, if you leave your heirs wealthy, it is better for you to leave your heirs wealthy than you leave them in poverty that they are begging from others. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us understanding and bless us that we use it, our wealth in a way that Allah is pleased with us. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar Ashhadu an la
ബിജലിയുദ്ധിൽ وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له الواحد الأحد الفرد الصمد تبارك اسمه وتعالى جده ولا إله غيره وأشهد أن سيدنا محمدًا عبده ورسوله الطاهر المطهر الموافق فعله لما سن وقال أما بعد فيا عباد الله أوصيكم ونفسي المذنبة بتقوى الله عز وجل يقول ربنا جل وعلا في كتابه الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون فيا عباد الله إن الفقر والغنى مخنتان من الله تعالى وبليتان يبلو بهما أخيار عباده ليظهر صبر الصابرين وشكر الشاكرين وإذا أردنا البيان فلا أفضل من مجلس المصطفى صلى الله عليه وسلم في حديث عمر بن عوف المزني رضي الله تعالى عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بعث أبا عبيدة بن الجراح إلى البحرين يأتي بجزيتها وكان صلى الله عليه وسلم صالح أهل البحرين وأمر عليهم على ابن الحضرمي رضي الله عنه ف 
فقدم أبو عبيدة بمال من البحرين فسمعت الأنصار بقدوم أبي عبيدة فوافوا صلاة الفجر مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فلما انصرف تعرضوا له فتبسم رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم حين رآهم ثم قال أظنكم سمعتم أن أبا عبيدة قدم بشيء قالوا أجل يا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال فأبشروا وأملوا ما يسركم فوالله ما الفقر أخشى عليكم ولكني أخشى أن تبسط عليكم الدنيا كما بسطت على من كان قبلكم فتنافسوها كما تنافسوها وتهلككم كما أهلكتهم وقال صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الدنيا خضرة حلوة وإن رجالاً يتخوضون في مال الله ورسوله بغير حق لهم النار يوم القيامة أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم إنه تعالى جواد كريم ملك بر الرؤوف الرحيم فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم إن الحمد لله أحمده وأستعينه وأستغفره ونؤمن به نتوكل عليه نعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا أما بعد فيا عباد الله يقول ربنا جل وعلا إنك ميت وإنهم ميتون ثم إنكم يوم القيامة عند ربكم تختصمون وقال تعالى كلا إن الإنسان ليطغى الرآه استغنى إن إلى ربك الرجع وقال تعالى رجال لا تلهيهم تجارة ولا بيع عن ذكر الله وإقام الصلاة وإيتاء الزكاة يخافون يوما تتقلب فيه القلوب والأبصار ثم واعلموا يا عباد الله أن الله تعالى أمرنا بأمر بدأ فيه بنفسه وثنى بالملائكة المسبحة بقدسه وثلث بكم أيها المؤمنون من برية جنه وإنسه فقال تعالى إرشاداً لنا وتعليماً إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليماً اللهم فصل وسلم وعنم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم وضل اللهم عن الخلفاء الراشدين المهديين أبي بكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي وعن الستة الباقية من العشرة المبشرة وعن أزواجه أمهات المؤمنين وذريته وأهل بيته وعامة الصحابة أجمعين رضوان الله تعالى عليهم أجمعين اللهم اغفر للمؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات الأحياء منهم والأموات برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوف رحيم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعدكم لعلكم تذكرون وأقم الصلاة رحمكم الله
أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاح على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا الدين <laughs> إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الطالين لإلاف قريش إلافهم رحلة الشتاء والصيف فليعبدوا رب هذا البيت الذي أطعمهم من جوع وآمنهم من خوف الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الطالين إذا جاء نصر الله والفتح ورأيت الناس يدخلون في دين الله أفواجا فسبح بحمد ربك واستغفر إنه كان توابا الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حميده
أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله 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 استغفر الله استغفر الله استغفر الله اللهم أنت السلام أنت السلام تبارك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم عنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم لا مانع لما عطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا راد لما قضيت ولا ينفع ذا الجد منك الجد ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم إنا نسألك الهدى والتقى والعفاف والغنى اللهم إنا نسألك رضاك والجنة ونعوذ بك من سخطك وغضبك والنار اللهم إنا نسألك من كل خير ما سألك منه عبدك ورسولك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من كل شر ما استعادك منه عبدك ورسولك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان عليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين والحمد لله